Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we have a guest today, and I'm going to try to say his name correctly. It's uh, Dragan uh, Stepovanovich. How am I doing, Dragan? It's uh, it's good. Okay, <laughs> you said you said I could do it anyway, and that that that's that is definitely anyway. Uh, well, we we uh, Jeffrey, just remind our listeners wh- uh, why uh, why were we uh, talking to Dragan today? Um, well, we did not too long ago. We had a, a, a episode we did on uh, mobbing for safety that was inspired by uh, a tweet that uh, Dragan had, had put up. And after that, we uh, we had a conversation and said it would be great to have him uh, on the show. I think it was that I might even be suggested by uh, uh, someone else to us that we would uh, should invite him on. So then I think it, uh, it sounded great to us. So, you know, welcome and uh, thank you for joining. Thank you for, for having me. Um, so, uh, we, we talked about, uh, um, mobbing and psychological safety or your tweet had, um, and we asked you here, what, what kind of things, what, what are the things that you are thinking and, and working on these days? Um, lots of the folks that, that they, that they talk to, um, on, on social networks, LinkedIn and, and Twitter these days, um, are related to, to the code reviews and co-creation patterns, the pairing and mobbing. Um, so co-creation is the word that they use, but I'm sure I didn't come up with, with the term. I would be really interested to, to learn who, who came up uh, with, with it. Uh, but yes, I'm kind of a big proponent of co-creation patterns and working together in a synchronous manner. And I think they um, these kind of patterns have a really tremendous, tremendously positive impact on um, on the team's productivity when it comes to the flow and uh, you know throughput and the quality and also uh, how it affects the team as um, as a unit of work so to say and that includes um, psychological safety um, in, in that sense um, so yes look in your in your Twitter bio you you, you have a uh, phrase that I don't think I've seen very frequently which is um, you talk about socio-emotional te- technical technical systems socio-technical systems I see more frequently uh, but you really bring the emotion part into it uh, how, how did you end up talking about the emotional uh, element of uh, with systems thinking so yes I over the years um, I picked up on uh, lots of the patterns that they observed in organizations when it comes to the, so to say, uh, social behavior and structures, um, depending on the way of working and all of the other things related to the technical part, you know, architecture, uh, etc. But I also noticed the effects that it has on the emotional level, on the individual level, um, and that there's a lots of the feedback that can be discovered by understanding the the um, feedback that we get on the emotional level per se as individuals um so that was kind of the reason of including that so not only social structure but also you know on the emotional level and on the on the individual level um so that's kind of uh, the idea behind it because i think there is so much feedback that we have that we get to to have from the from the systems in which we are working on and working together that um, I, I, I think if we try to tune in to it, um, I think we're going to discover a lot of the submerged and, and feedback that hasn't been um, surfaced up, up until this point. Well, let me try to channel some of our, cust- our, our listeners right now, because uh, my, a lot of my clients and customers, when I talk to them about uh, emotional uh, engagement at work, they say, well, I, I just want to be professional. What, what I'd like to do is, is make sure that I stay rational because that would be the best thing to do, wouldn't it? 
And I just wonder how you react to people who I'm, I'm sure the people say that to you. Yes, exactly. Um, I think it boils down also to, to systems thinking and, you know, um, quoting Deming um, it comes in handy here of um, this, this famous quote of 90 or 95% of the behavior in the system is governed by the system itself. Um, so we tend to try to react based on the events that we see and not really understanding the patterns and, and balancing and reinforcing feedback loops that happen in the system. So we tend to end up with very wrong intervention points in the system, um, trying to in intervene on the individual level and also on the other side, um, trying to correct the system based on the individual behavior. And um, I think we can do way better than that. Um, and um, there, there's this interesting thing that I got to learn from one of the papers I was reading on causal loop diagrams, which is a tool that is um, from the toolbox of systems thinkers. And there's this, this really important distinction between the intervention points in the system and the monitoring points in the system. And um, intervention points in the system are the points where a small change in the system can bring a lot of the leverage. Uh, in terms of the change and the monitoring point of the system is the point in system where a small change can be detected um, uh, very quickly or it's kind of very sensitive, so to say, right? So we tend to um, to turn the other way around when it comes to the to to the way that people get to to intervene in their systems is trying to intervene in the monitoring point instead of trying to understand the, the points of intervention or the leverage points. Uh, to give you an example, if you have, uh, you know, uh, all of us have the the, the um, bathtub or shower at home. So, um, you know, the, the point of intervention is the tap itself and the, the shower head or um, uh, the way it is called, right? Where the, where the water uh, exits is the monitoring point, right? So imagine trying to intervene uh, in this kind of system by, uh, you know, trying to intervene at the shower head instead of the tap itself. So that's the kind of analogy that I get to to have in my head when, when I see this in, in the wild, so to say. But, but tie that up to emotion for me, because I'm not sure I quite followed. Uh, how, how, do, how do emotions help me uh, to, to, to do that, either monitoring or intervening? I'm, I'm not sure I followed. Yes, so the, the emotional part is, is kind of a monitoring point. That's the feedback that we get from the system, right? So it's kind of bubbles up. Um, the, the behavior in the system bubbles up on in this level as well. Um, and, you know, this idea of just be rational or try to do, you know, be professional or whatever is trying to intervene at this monitoring point on the emotional level of individual in a sense, right? So going back to this Deming quote, if you want really to, to, this is a feedback that is super valuable, right? This on this level, and we should be very attuned to it, but in order to understand what is wrong with the system so we can change in some other part of the system, um, the structure um, that is going to lead us to to um, to the desired results in the on the emotional level, and which is kind of one of the monitoring points in the system that I would say. I, I think I might follow you. Let me try to say that back. I think you're saying that um, we should pay close attention to the emotional input we get, but not necessarily take action on the individual level of, of the person having the emotion, but take action within the system. Did I hear that right? Exactly. Exactly. That's um, 
Yes. So there's this this thing that we talk tend to talk about a lot. People matter, and people or people are the most important part of the whole system. And I believe in that. But trying to intervene at this point in the system is not going to help us with this goal. I get it. What an interesting point of view, because I often um, find that um, either my clients say, I don't want to deal with the emotions at all. I don't want to monitor the emotions. I just want to monitor the system. And that doesn't tend to work out very well. Um, And then if they do hear some emotions, they say, oh, that's an HR issue. Oh, we need to make sure that that person's happy. We need to uh, address something, give that person a pay rise. And those things don't work out very well. And you're giving us a systems thinking way of uh, uh, analyzing that second intervention. Uh, have I got that right? Yes, yes, exactly. Got it. Jeffrey, what do you think about that? I, well, I think it's great. And it was one of the things that's uh, really interesting about it is because there's been a lot of uh, research and, uh, on, on things like psychological safety and also on on people's engagement uh which are both individual attributes and so it's you know really important that you have uh high engagement that you need to have psychological safety to have good outcomes and in a in a systems thinking diagram and in as you draw that out you'll see that there is a big impact from uh changes in psychological safety but the important insight here is that psychological safety has to be built somewhere else you have to find other things that will uh, uh, other intervention points that will impact the psychological safety. And so then I feel like we're kind of teasing people a bit because the, the natural question becomes, well, what are some of the system uh, intervention points I have <laughs> to, to help impact psychological safety? Yes, we tend to talk about uh, psychological safety um, a lot these days, and it's, it's definitely important, but it's also a monitoring point in the system. It's kind of a snapshot of the, of the system that you have. And, and trying to intervene at that point is, is really going to help uh, or is going to give, have a limited impact. Uh, but trying to understand the whole environment in which these things happen are super important in order to understand where exactly do we need to, to tune in the system or change the structure so we can have a bit more of a behavior that we would like to have and a bit less of a behavior that people would like to have. And that was behind the the previous episode we did was you had a, a very simple diagram about the connection between uh, mobbing, uh, uh, the mob programming, and psychological safety. Uh, but why why would why would mobbing? And I think this is this is one of those co-creation patterns. Why would mobbing or other co-creation patterns? be an intervention point that impacts psychological safety. How, how does that happen? And could you just remind us what mobbing is? Because not all our listeners will have heard the previous episode or, or know what it is. Sure. So I'll try to use a quote from Buddy Zoll about what mob programming is. It's uh, um, all the people that are needed are from the team working in this um, same uh, environment at the same time um, and on the same thing. So it can include, let's say, two or three or mostly three plus uh, people that are needed in order to um, all and, and have all of the needed uh, cross-functional skills in order, in order to, to deliver a given functionality or to you know, provide and uh, value to the customer. Um, and um, when it comes to, to co-creation as one of the intervention points in the system, it's really interesting if we think about the definition uh, of psychological safety that it came across from uh, Timothy Clark. And it says that it's an environment of rewarded vulnerability, right? So um, if we 
don't have reward when we're vulnerable, there's lack of psychological safety or there that we can work on this part, right? But also if we don't, if we're not able to be vulnerable, then that also means that we're um, going to, um, yeah, not really be able to, to achieve the levels of psychological safety that we would like to have. So I see it as, as this kind of dualism in that sense. And then it's a question, how can we change the way that we work in order to be able for people to um, be able to be vulnerable, right, in front of the others. Um, and working together, it's one of the really um, great ways to do that, I would say. Um, the way that I tend to reason about it is, you know, with uh, pair or mob programming, if someone is working all the time with me and is able to provide me continuous feedback, not only after each line of code change, but if, even after each letter that I type, right? Um, and these things have a lot of the value when it comes to the flow and throughput, and this is a lean perspective, and I'm going to go into that. Um, but it also means that I uh, am going to, um, someone is going to be uh, seeing or um, the, all the mistakes that they make along the way, right? So. Um, and we need to build this trust between each other through building the acceptance of each other. And that is the kind of prerequisite for, for building the, the psychological safety. So I think working together, together, when I say together, I mean synchronously, uh, tends to be a very, very kind of um, powerful leverage point in the system if we want to establish um, higher levels of psychological safety, to say. And what's interesting for me is that is in that description is I, um, I think about two uh, the, the two people in in the room uh, during a mob session or a pair programming. There's the the person who's uh, typing, you know, who's at at the keyboard, and then there's the person watching. And uh, um, our listeners may uh, have viscerally experienced what it's like to type in front of an audience which is to say it generally feels bad <laughs> in my experience. If I, if I do a lot of uh, uh, demos and talks at various times of my career, and I am always very careful to try to make sure that I am not typing when I'm on stage, I will have things where I'm copying and pasted or I have multiple links open because it, it, uh, it feels very uncomfortable to type in front of other people. And that it, to me it resonates with that the idea of being vulnerable is that, uh, it, it, that, uh, the kind of thing that you have in mind there? Yep, definitely. And there's, and there's an interesting thing that happens because if we prolong to this way of working, so if we get together and first time try pairing and mobbing, uh, it feels a bit awkward because until we build this acceptance and trust. But once we get over this hump, then it, it, it gets way, so to say, smoother and, and uh, more enjoyable, I would say, as well. So um, lots of the teams also don't get to get over this hump. And lots of the times I get to hear that, you know, pair and more programming is the one to be blamed, but actually pair and more programming um, help to elevate this feedback on the service surface, right? So this feedback was always there if people are not able to work together, um, but now we have mechanisms to expose it. And, you know, maybe we should try to do something about it instead of um, just dropping, so to say, right? Yeah, you know, you know, I have this horse, and and I'd really like to get places faster. And I've, I've tried being on the horse, but but it keeps throwing me off. So it must be the horse's fault. Uh, you know, people can't ride horses because, uh, you know, the the horse uh, doesn't like it. That's just just not going to work. So we we should give up. Uh, you know, I tried it for an afternoon, but no, no more. 
And that's an example of a general principle, right? This is why we uh, do um, small batches in our continuous integration, right? Is that if the process of releasing is painful, you should do it more often. If the process of interacting with other people and typing in front of them and being vulnerable with them is painful, then you should do it more often. Uh, just like you should get on the horse more often if, if you uh, fall off it a lot. There can also be discomfort on the other side too, which is the people who are are watching. Uh, and because I think it's this, the first time that people pair or, or uh, mob is it can be not always natural for someone to speak up while someone else is typing. I think there's a there's an innate sort of deference. Um, and I, I, there's another definition of psychological safety, uh, which I think speaks to that side. Um, and this is one that stuck with me. I heard uh, Amy Edmondson on uh, Chris Clearfield's podcast, and he uh, she was saying that in uh, the term psychological safety had probably set the field back. It was she she was regretting her choice of of words. Uh, Amy Edmondson being the person who uh, brought the the, the term into um, uh, attention, she said that a, a good phrase is felt permission for candor. And I think that speaks very well to the on the speaker side, on the pair side, or on the, the people in the room who are uh, um, commenting on what's happening, is that they are experiencing psychological safety when they are, feel comfortable uh, speaking up. So you have, I think, the, the two different um, definitions of psychological safety here speak to both sides of what's happening in the room, of uh, the, the experience of the person at the keyboard uh, being vulnerable and the people in the room feeling comfortable uh, speaking to uh, sharing what their view is. Uh, and when both sides are comfortable doing that, that's, you've now achieved psychological safety. Yep. We're running low on time so for this podcast, but I, I'm wondering, uh, Dragan, would, would you be willing to consider uh, coming back again? Because I want to bug you about that notion of um, batch size and uh, making sure that your, your, um, uh, your work is uh, something that you can uh, iterate on frequently so that you can get to psychological safety faster. I know that's another area you're really interested in. Uh, would you be willing to come back next week and, and talk to us more about that? Sure, definitely. I would love to. Fantastic. And and where do people find you? If they, where's the best way to to hear more from Dragon if they want to? Sure. Uh, yeah, I tend to rant a lot on, on Twitter and and LinkedIn these days. Uh, so my Twitter handle is at uh, d underscore uh, Stepanovic. Um, and yeah, um, I would okay. really love to get engaged with folks there. Links to all those things will be in the show notes. And as always, we'd love to hear from listeners who are trying pairing or mobbing or terrified of mobbing and pairing or who have read uh, uh, articles that have been circulating around on Twitter saying pairing is terrible and, and agree with them or don't. We, we'd sure love to hear about any of those uh, topics uh, and you'd be able to get in touch with us at agileconversations.com where you'll find free videos and uh, Jeffrey's and my websites and Twitter and email and my phone number and you know who, who knows what carrier pigeon use whatever you like to get in touch with us we're always glad to hear from you and we'll be back next week with uh Dragan and jeffrey and me see you then thanks guys thanks Carl. thank you